A very good morning and a very happy new year to you all. Welcome to Brighton Road. Those of you who are here in, in church for the first service of 2022 and welcome to those of you who are joining us online. It's good to gather together to celebrate God's faithfulness to us at the start of a new year. There's an image on the screen. Can I invite you to reflect on that as I lead you in prayer? Lord Jesus, we gather at the start of a new year and we gather to worship you. Into this coming year, would you journey with us every day at every stage? Especially if we travel through dark and uncomfortable places. Lead us into places filled with hope and new possibilities. Bring us into places where we know your light and your love. We ask it in your name. Amen. Stand and sing together, 717. Fill your hearts with joy and gladness. words of that hymn are based on Psalm 147. I'm going to lead us in a prayer that's based on the same psalm. Let's pray together. How good it is to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious and a song of praise is fitting. Almighty God, at the start of this new year we do what we always do. We gather to seek your grace for the time that lies ahead, your wisdom for its puzzles, your strength for everything that will challenge us. Lord our God, you bind up your people. You gather the outcast. You heal the brokenhearted. You bind up their wounds. You are the kind of God we long to know and to know better. You are the kind of God who deserves everything we have to give. You number the stars. You know them by their names. And you also know each one of us. So we've gathered to praise you, to listen to you, to find new strength in your service. Holy Father, in your Son, Jesus Christ, we are perfect, tasting already the joy of heaven, wonderfully in harmony with you and with each other. But in ourselves, we're still messing up. 
We live as if you hadn't sent your son to save us. So we confess our sins and the sins of this community and nation before you. Heal us. Change us. Redirect us. Sort us out. That we may live before you and before the world in newness of life, humbly rejoicing in the new life of Christ. Lord our God, you wonderfully created this world and over millennia it has grown to develop and sustain human life. And you occupy the wind and the water and can be seen everywhere, yet you are greater than nature. You delight in everything that you've made. You take pleasure not in the strength of a horse or the speed of a car, but in the obedience of your people, in those who hope in your steadfast love. How should we hope in that love unless you show us the way? Unless you reveal Christ afresh to us. Unless your spirit occupies our worship, our singing, our scriptures and our response. That's our desire, Lord. For our lives to become like a watered garden, like a sweet symphony, a lovely poem, an offering from those who delight in you. Through Jesus Christ, to whom with you and the Father and the Spirit be glory forever and ever. Amen. John chapter 1, verses 29 to 34, we read, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the one I told you about when I said, Someone else will come. He's greater than I am because he was alive before I was born. I didn't know who he was, but I came to baptize you with water so that everyone in Israel would see him. I was there and saw the Spirit come down on him like a dove from heaven. And the Spirit stayed on him. Before this, I didn't know who he was. But the one who sent me to baptize with water has told me, you will see the Spirit come down and stay on someone. Then you will know that he's the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen. And I tell you, he is the Son of God. Stand and sing, there is a Redeemer.
John's disciples following him. What are you looking for? When do you uh, Come and see. This word means teacher. Sorry, come and see. It was then about four o'clock in the afternoon. So they went with him and saw where he lived and spent the rest of that day with him. One of them was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. At once he found his brother Simon. This word means Christ. Then he took Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him. Your name is Simon, son of Cephas. Simon, Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas. This is the same as Peter and means a rock. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip. Come with me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the town where Andrew and Peter lived. Philip found Nathaniel. We found the one whom Moses wrote about in the book of the law and whom the prophets also wrote about. He is Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, he said about him, He is a real Israelite. There's nothing false about him. How do you know me? I saw you when you were under the fig tree, before Philip called you. Teacher, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. <laughs> Do you believe, just because I told you where you were when you were under the fig tree, you'll see much greater things than this. I'm telling you the truth. You will see heaven open and God's angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And we sing together the hymn, God of God, the Uncreated.
Dick, I wonder, in a spirit of Christian charity, would you be willing to donate your table to Rebecca and her family over there, please? Is that okay? Would you move? To the table and the contents. Thank you, lovely. That's great. If you're sitting at a table, it's covered in paper and there are pens, and there is a set of names on the table, and I invite you, if you wish to do so, to, to draw a spider diagram showing the interconnection between the different names in the dramatised reading that we saw a moment ago. There's John the Baptist. There's Jesus. There's Andrew. There's Simon. There's the unnamed disciple. I confuse people by suggesting that might be a woman, though we tend to think of the disciples as men, but why shouldn't it have been a woman? There's uh, Philip. There's Nathaniel. What are the relationships between them? We have one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven of them there on, on the screen. And if you haven't got a bit of paper and you don't want to mess around with names on the table, that's fine. If you don't want to draw diagrams, that's fine. But just take a moment. How do these people relate to each other? Because what we saw actually was something of a spiritual chain reaction going on. Where Jesus comes on, he's followed by two, and then that gradually grows until there's quite a big group of people together. So just take a moment to do it on your tables, to, to, to use pens and paper if you want, or to reflect. How do these people relate to one another? How did that network develop? How did that chain reaction take place? What were the relationships that made it possible for all of these people to be followers of Jesus, though John the Baptist actually set the ball rolling himself. Let me give you a moment to think about that, and then we'll reflect on that together. If you're at home, uh, feel free to do this at home, just to look at the screen. What's the connection between the people, if you're in, in, the, um, in, the, in the balcony? If you're at a table, the script of the reading from John chapter 1, verses 38 to 51 is there to help you be able to do that.
So it looks like the table at the front has done this now. Michael, do you want to say what connections you found? Would that be okay? Okay, so, so we think, uh, so John the Baptist and Jesus are related in some way. Um, cousins, cousins, perhaps. perhaps. Yep. Um, but Andrew and the unnamed follower are following John, but John points them to Jesus. So then Andrew and this unnamed follower follow Jesus or spend some time with him. Then from that, Andrew goes back to his brother, Peter, son Peter, who also then goes to Jesus, and Jesus calls him a new name. Then Jesus goes, in, uh, he finds Philip, who then finds Nathaniel, and Nathaniel then goes back to Jesus, uh, or, or speaks to Jesus, and Jesus speaks to Nathaniel. So how important is Andrew in making all those connections? Because it's Andrew we're thinking about this morning as the one who had an encounter with Jesus. So uh, Andrew is kind of a, a ball roller. If, it, if, if Andrew had not been one following John, making that decision to follow John, then, uh, so, so Andrew following John then responds to John's testimony about Jesus, that here is the Lamb of God. So if Andrew had not followed John, if Andrew had not believed John in who Jesus was, then Andrew wouldn't have then gone to Jesus, spent time with him, found out more, got excited, and then he had a third choice then whether or not to tell his brother Simon Peter. And we, we don't know what their relationship's like. Simon Peter asked, how many times do I need to forgive my brother? So maybe they had a tempestuous relationship. But Andrew was an evangelist to his own family, own flesh and blood. So after that, after Jesus has met Simon, and renamed him Cephas, he goes to, to Galilee and he finds Philip. Does Andrew have any part to play in Jesus finding Philip at all? Anyone spot any connection between Andrew and Philip? Same town. Same town. Yeah. Why did Jesus decide to go to Bethsaida? It's the place that Andrew came from. We're not told that Andrew said, come and see where I live, but it's possible. And odds are that Andrew knew Philip. And what about, is there any connection between Andrew and Philip finding Nathaniel? It's not obvious, this one. It's what Nathaniel says, or what Philip says to Nathaniel when he meets him. We, he says, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. It's not I found, we found. So he's referring to himself and the whole group which implies that, that Nathaniel also knew Andrew. So Andrew actually is a key player here, either obviously in terms of witnessing to his brother or just having the links and networks of people that say, oh, I'll come to your town then. And, and Philip's saying, well, we found, and including Andrew in that, it, it, it's, a, it's a joint thing. Andrew plays quite a key role in all of these connections being made, enabling people to find and meet Jesus for themselves but it happens through Andrew's friendship and family network. The gospel spreads through personal relationships in John 1, and it's always spread that way over the past 2,000 years, actually, through people saying to friends and family, we found him. This is the difference he's made to me. Come and see for yourself who Jesus is and the difference he can make. On your tables, again, there is a blank piece of paper. If you've not got a piece of paper, then feel free to do this in your mind or on a notebook or something. But what are your networks of relationships? Who are you connected to in your family or your friends or your colleagues? Are there people you are connected to who you would love to meet Jesus for themselves in some way, shape or form in this coming year. Can I invite you mentally or on the piece of paper just to map out connections that are true for you? Who am I connected to? Who matters to me? Who would I love to see Jesus in this coming year? And as you, as you think about them, would you write them down? Just pray, Lord, enable me to make those connections in my life for you, like Andrew did when he first met you.
It's easy for us to lose that initial enthusiasm. When we first become Christians, we, we tell everybody, and then we're kind of, oh, well, you know, uh, people are used to it by now. But actually, one of the key parts of being in a Baptist church, it is, it is the duty of every disciple to take part in the evangelization of the world. That's the kind of quaint way in which it is expressed, but that's part of what we're about. What network of relationships does God want to, to use in your life actually to enable people to connect to Jesus for themselves in this coming year. Think about it, draw it, your network of relationships, and just pray about the people that you have connections with, that they would encounter Jesus through you in this coming year. Might be neighbours, family, friends... What could you say to them? As we connect with people in this coming year, may they connect with you through me. Pray in your name. Amen. Now, if you've drawn a network, can I invite you just to draw a circle around it? Again, in your mind, on your notebook, on your piece of paper, just draw a circle around that entire network. Or think of your family or those who are close to you and uh, we will pray for them in this coming year. Lord, draw a circle around us and keep us safe this year, we pray. Lord, draw a circle around us. Help us to be happy with who we are and with what we have. Lord, draw a circle around us and surround us with your love. And Lord, draw a circle around us and help us to make others welcome in that circle. We pray in your name. Amen. The thing about circles is they can make people welcome or they can exclude people. They can be on the inside or the outside. And again on your tables there's a list of different sayings about circles and they're on the screen as well. And um, I'd like to ask you, I'm going to read through them, and again, choose one that connects with you in some way, shape or form, to think about and ponder about and reflect on. Uh, for those of you who aren't into words, there's an image I'll put up in a moment. Um, but just one of these sayings, does it connect with you in some way or shape or form? So the first one is, the greater the divisions we create, the greater our efforts at unity. You will be stakeholders in society and pay off our luxurious debt. When cracks widen to people size, we press for low budget repairs. What isn't improved by a smile, by the appearance of tolerance? Come on in. The door is wide open. We'll be sure to bolt it behind us. We stretch out our palms to push you back to see. We dump a doormat, raise a sign. <laughs> you know you've been welcomed. 
He drew a circle that shut me out. Heretic, a rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle that took him in. It's one of those make you feel angry or puzzled or yes, that's true or that is so right. Think about it for a moment. Ponder it. Pray about it. Let it provoke you and goad you a bit. Or if you're not into words, what about this image? What does that have to say about making people welcome? Including people. Enabling them to belong. Ponder the words or the image for a moment or two. Anything about the image strike, people? Puzzling? Connecting? Helpful? Unhelpful? All the handles are inside. All the handles are inside, absolutely right. How do you get a cup of coffee from outside? You can't. All the handles. It, it is a very, yeah, totally inward focus. No way of connecting from the outside. That is not how we are supposed to be, people. Let's make sure our handles are on the outside so that people can join from outside. You don't have to be in to partake. Thank you for spotting that. Any other thoughts on this? Just need some chairs now. Yeah, okay, that's great. Thank you. Any other thoughts? Assume they're different types of coffee, maybe a drink, but different skin colours. Different skin colours, yeah, so it could be a little bit of a racial thing, perhaps. Maybe so. Yeah. Every different colour represented there, as it should be in church. Any other thoughts on that? One of the cups hasn't got a candle at all. Did you notice that? Can't actually pick that one up at all. Okay, what about the words? Any of these words connect with anyone particularly? Politically, religiously, personally, church-wise? Anything, yes, that is so true, or I'm not really happy with that, or what is that doing there, or this is how that made me feel? Anyone willing to share something along those lines? Deborah, do you want a microphone? No, okay. Yep. So our attitude to refugees, it's go away, not welcome, it's go away, we don't want you here, thank you, yeah. Our job is to be welcoming to the outcast and the stranger as God's people, thank you, yeah. Any other thoughts? Okay, you like the, what is, wasn't improved by a smile and the appearance of tolerance. What, what, did you, what were you thinking on that? Um, I think that's society as a whole. All the political correctness gone mad. We're trying to pretend we're being inclusive. But actually, deep down, as soon as we shut the door, it's just your little circle. People us, are sort of saying negative things. I've had that been in my own family over Christmas where we appeared to be tolerant and then there's been... Okay, so it's just an appearance of tolerance, the whole political correctness thing doesn't really get down to a genuine acceptance of other people, it's kind of playing the game and we say one thing and we do another. There's a danger of that in church. We say we want to be welcoming and inclusive, but to what extent is that really true? Because we need to get beyond appearances to the reality, actually, of, of welcoming people and making them feel at home and being tolerant which I think actually is part of the gospel, that tolerance. It should, should be there as part of our Christian witness. Any, anything else? Any other thoughts on this? 
I like the, uh, the quote at the bottom there, the longer quote. Yep. I just think of that image of that you've asked us to draw with our current um, circle. And if there's someone outside of that, there's a choice on whether we extend that circle to include them. But by extending that circle, we may also be including others that happen to be on the edges just by virtue of the circle growing. Yeah, yeah. So actually, we, you know, we are, either we end up with an ordinary shaped circle, yeah. or we expand the circle and we include, oh my word, if I'm including you, I need to include that person as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, and, and God wants our circles to be big. One of the things about Jesus' teaching was actually, there is no kind of insider or outsider. You don't treat this person because this person's close to me, love your neighbour but hate your enemy. You treat everyone as if they were your nearest kin is part of the teaching of Jesus. So there is no insider-outsider with Jesus. There is that acceptance and that welcome of everyone without distinction and without discrimination. That is part of what we are called to do. Whether they accept that, whether they get on board with our faith or not, actually, but we are called to be generous in terms of loving and welcoming other people without kind of drawing lines to exclude them. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, that's grand, thank you. This has been a bit different. I'm aware of that. We tried to do something that's accessible for all ages. So we've not had a sermon, but I've invited you to reflect on different things using images and activities and pondering. I'm going to lead us in a prayer now at the start of the year. Gracious God, at the start of this new year, we bring you our hopes for the world and for its peoples. Grant us peace in place of strife. Give us a desire for justice instead of a dash for growth. The building up of forests, not their pulling down. The cleansing, not the pollution of our seas. In place of hatred, goodwill. In place of dishonesty, trust. In place of fear, confidence for the future. We pray for our Queen. We thank you for her. For her steady leadership. For her Christian faith. For her honesty. Uphold her in physical health. In mental strength. Enable her to continue to be an example to us all. And have your hand upon her troubled family. Bring them peace. Guide them in right paths, we pray. We pray for Parliament. For government. We pray for wisdom. Guidance. Integrity justice, the framing of right policies and good laws. Pray that you bring us into the position of being able to look up to and respect those who lead and govern us. Change and raise up leaders who will win that respect in our hearts and our minds. For those who have positions of responsibility, give them wisdom and courage, integrity of life and strength in every good resolution. And give all of us who lead humble hearts, minds to listen to you and others, the ability to distinguish the good from the bad, the wise from the foolish, the fruitful from the empty. And Lord, this year will bring its share of illness and bereavement and conflict and misfortune, obstacles and things going wrong. We pray for those who face these trials already and ask that they may know your healing and your hope 
and the good news of Jesus Christ, who is Lord of this life and the life to come. Our brother who shares our humanity, but who picks up our frail bodies and takes us with him into life eternal. May your spirit bear witness in us and through us to who you are and what you do. We take a moment to reflect quietly on what this coming year holds for each one of us and ask for your help, your strength and your guidance. Lord our God, you've promised that one day everything will be gathered up into Christ. As we fix our eyes on that hope, may we live in the light of that coming promise and work towards it in your name and for your sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand and sing together, Lord, let your presence come. David's asked to have a word. This is on microphone 28, Francis. 
Thank you. Sorry, I didn't think of this earlier. Um, but those of you who are members and others will know that Tim starts his sabbatical tomorrow, I think, officially. So I thought it would be good to pray for him as he spends the next three months studying and uh, spending time with all. And I wonder if any of the deacons have... can't hear me. I'll pick it up and speak right into it. That's better. It's a bit like a pop star now. Um, so I was just saying, those of you who are members will know that Tim starts his sabbatical tomorrow um, for the next three months. And I thought it would be a good idea to pray for him. So I was just going to invite any of the deacons who are here, if they'd like to come up. You don't have to, but if you'd like to, it would be good to have few people just pray, or we pray together as we pray for Tim. So Michael, if you'd like to join us as well. Sorry to spring this on everybody. I did think about it some time ago, and then Christmas got in the way. So let's pray for Tim. Father, we want to pray for Tim. We want to pray that as he spends the next three months uh, spending more time with you, studying, listening to what you have to say to him, we pray that you would speak to him. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill him, that you would be the fire within him. Father, speak clearly to him through your spirit. May he know your voice. May he be refreshed, filled, and inspired. Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you for Tim. Thank you for his love for you. Thank you for his love for your people. Father, we thank you that he is first and foremost a disciple of you, following you. So Lord, as you call him aside to spend time with you, we ask that he may experience that refreshing, renewal, uh, that sense of um, your powerful presence with him day by day as he rests, as he relaxes, or as he studies, as he focuses, as he spends time with others. We ask that your hand would be upon him and that you will bless him. Amen. Father God, I pray that throughout this time, Tim might be assured that this is time well spent because it is time spent with you and studying your word and listening to what you would want to say to him. Lord, I pray that this may be a time of enrichment and a deepening of his understanding, but uh, his deep, most importantly, Lord, a deepening of his faith in you. Lord, I pray that it would be a time of blessing, both for him and for Sue. Lord, I pray that you would be with them both in this time. In your precious name, Lord. Amen. Lord God, as Tim goes into this time of sabbatical, give him your peace. Allow him the peace and the ability to absorb all that you have planned for him, even if at the moment he doesn't know what that is, but give him the peace that allows him to absorb it, and then to bring it to back to us, refreshed for our future. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, well, we thank you for Tim and all that he teaches us week by week, and we pray that as he now... Uh, spends this time studying and learning more from you, that uh, in turn we would be stirred up to uh, learn for ourselves, that you would motivate us to not be over-reliant on our minister, but to do some of the work ourselves. And as uh, he sets this example for us, I pray that we would be able to follow it too. Thank you. I'm very grateful to all of you for your prayers. Um, I shall probably be around a little bit, but not so much, but I shall miss seeing you. But next week, you're here up at 10 for the BRBK Club upstairs and the normal morning service. Uh, but let's pray for each other at the start of this year. Shall we stand and share together in the words of the grace and bless each other in this way?
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.